Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling show and I appreciate you joining me for another week. We waited till Thursday this week because of course we did. There was no point doing a podcast yesterday when we were hours away from AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, which you could argue is the biggest Dynamite in history. We're not going to do that here because I feel like it's a waste of time. But my word, what an impressive show. Before we do get into that, thank you to everybody that signed up to patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316 this week. Even those people that give me a dollar or any kind of amount, honestly, you allow me to do this you allow me to stop doing other projects so i can dedicate to this one instead so yes thank you from the bottom of my heart and shout out to pins and knuckles of course who always support the show right kenny omega versus daniel bryan i'm gonna get this out of the way because i don't see the point in talking about dumb stuff some people are like i can't believe AEW gave it away on free television why do you give a flub are you an AEW investor are you tony khan these are the only people that need to worry about that. Why on earth would you want to spend money for something when somebody was going to give it to you for free? I was half I was half tempted to just do a tweet at Simon316, cheap plug, when I was going to be like, like, okay, here we go. If you desperately feel like you need to pay some money, here's my PayPal details. I'll take it. I'll take your cash. And then just for the people that go crazy on the internet, I, of course, would have dedicated it to charity. Dedicated it? Dedicated. Donated it to charity. Imagine that. I dedicate this money to charity. Mm, Simon, that's not how it works. The point is... It was masterful, and it was more masterful because we did get it on just a random AEW Dynamite show or on a Wednesday, whatever, however you want to describe it, because they clearly held so much back. Like, we didn't see the crazy amount of V-triggers. We didn't see a one-wing angel. We didn't see half of Daniel Bryan, damn it, Bryan Danielson's offense. So what they did instead is they planted the seeds for this feud, meaning when we get to round two, round three, round four, round five, round six, whatever the hell we're going to do, they are going to continue to raise their game until they have a match better than a match they just had that many people are saying is the match of the year. You see, you see the craziness we find ourselves in with this. That was then probably going at like 65% speed. So we still have 45% more to go. And I suppose it's different for maybe people like us because we're hardcore fans and we kind of knew the deal. But well, maybe it's not, I don't know. But either way, the point is this. It was so good that if you tell me they're going to headline full gear for the AEW world title, I don't care that I've seen them before. Now I want to see them in a 45-minute match. Now I want to see them in a one-hour Ironman match. And I want to see all those moves I just talked about. And I want to see how they're going to be able to level this up time and time again. If anything... You have just made the situation far more exciting and far more incredible than it was to begin with. And I think that is absolutely tremendous. Like, I truly, truly do. It was, it, it's so good. As I said, ups and downs, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. I don't really know what anybody could say about it other than, yeah, man, it's a really good, really good wrestling match. Because it was. Like, Daniel Bryan is nuts. Like, you know, taking that uh, buckle bum over the top rope and landed on his face essentially the dragon seat oh man the dragon sleeper from the top rope some people uh well daniel bryan did rotate and land on his front are you kidding me do you know how hard that is to do do you know still what an awful bump that is to take sometimes i think all wrestling fans need to go in a ring and just experience it a little bit to understand you would have been bricking it up there whether you've been doing it for one month or 10 years and then you had the running v trigger and you had the other dragon suplex onto the on the rampway you had daniel bryan kicking kenny omega's flubbing head in Oh, it was just so good. And again, I could not believe that I could tell they were holding some stuff back. I'm like, this is them holding back. 
This is Brian and Kenny, my new friends, holding something back. So if you haven't seen it, please do watch it. I've already got a bunch of tweets of people going, oh, I didn't like it. I think their styles are rubbish. And you know what? That's perfectly fine. I'm not saying that you have to like it. I'm not saying that you don't have to like it. But I'm also not a moron. I'm not an idiot. And it's so obvious. We can just tell the people that are saying it because they want to be contrary. And having the contrary opinion, to just be completely honest with you, makes you an asshole. Because not only are you destroying your own enjoyment for no reason, but then you deliberately go out there and you try and destroy it for others. I don't care that you don't like it. If you genuinely didn't like it, I don't give a flub. Much as you shouldn't give a flub that I do like it. It was a wrestling match on television, presented as entertainment, and then you take it or you leave it for what it's worth. But as far as I'm concerned, they are two of the best wrestlers in the world. I mean, there's Tanahashi in there. Um, Ishii always gets mentioned by some people. Ibushi, I know he's struggling at the moment because of his, his illness. I would put Roman Reigns in there, which I know is controversial, but I think given what you know, his job is to do. He does it really, really well. And there'll be a bunch of other guys that I'm not even thinking about around. Matt, Matt and Nick Jackson. I think Cody Rhodes tell a good story every single... I mean, we're getting, well, this is not what I wanted to talk about today, right? The point was, is that when we start having that conversation, I don't think over the last few years, I've seen a bad Kenny Omega match and I haven't seen a bad Brian Danielson match. So now seeing them together to create that kind of magic, to use that word, was flipping tremendous. And I would advise everybody to go and watch it. I would advise everybody, if you're a wrestler, to study as much as possible. And maybe if you're like me, just accept you're never going to be that good. <laughs> because you just don't have it in you but yeah and the, the whole show overall was just it was just so much fun i mean i think sometimes well i mean tony khan is just awesome and crazy because he put that on first and he but he knew it was always going to be difficult to to top that so even MGF and Brad Brian Pillman Jr., which was technically the follow-up match, we put a CM Punk promo in between them. And I think that was tried to act like a buffer, but instead the fans all went, you know, absolutely ballistic anyway. Obviously, I haven't talked about the draw. I got so excited until I just moved on. I had actually predicted on What Culture the 24 hours before that I thought they'd do a draw. And I love the fact that they did do a draw, because again, I think it ties into the bigger story. I think it opens the door for all these other matches that we've just talked about. But moreover, I think that... Uh, presents AEW as sports, which is something they said they always want to do. I think it's kind of ironic that you get all these people going, oh, you said you know, the rankings and you said it's going to be like this, you're going to be like that. And then we do a draw, not that many, what they've done, four, five, five tops. I'm like, oh, I can't believe you did a draw. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it was on free TV. Maybe that's the reason they did it on free TV. You can have a more beer in your bunny when they do it on pay-per-view because you may feel like, well, I you know, tuned in to get a blow off to this feud and I didn't get it. But when it's on your regular Wednesday night slot, I think that's when you can be more creative or whatever word you want to use. And it's exactly what I would have done too. Because it, it has made me want the next match even more. And I've made this comparison many a time, so please do forgive me if you've heard it before. But we take the English Premier League. I always try and sound like an American. What did I say? Premier? Premier, that's it. The English Premier League. And this weekend, Saturday, right? It's Man City versus Chelsea. And everyone's going to tune in. Everyone's going to be excited. Like two of the best teams in England. And there's every chance they have a three-all draw. And people will still enjoy it. It doesn't matter that there wasn't a winner. Yeah, you could have a boring nil-nil draw as well, but that's not an equivalent, I don't think. This would be like having a high-scoring draw, and I think that wrestling should do more of that. I think it's WWE, oh, sorry, I should say, I think it's something that WWE could utilize more. Not constantly. I don't want to become like distraction roll-ups. You know, I just think one, two a year, or when it just makes sense for the story, and I truly, truly felt that here. I don't think I would have changed a thing, to be completely honest with you. I thought it was damn near perfect. And as I also said on Ups and Downs, they must come from a wrestling planet. They can't be humans because they're too good at sports entertaining. CM Punk's promo I thought was awesome as well. I love this kind of 
halfway house is not the right word, but this, uh, I, can't, I can't even say the right word, but this duality that he has between super happy CM Punk, who just can't believe he's back in wrestling and sort of feeling all this love, but also the CM Punk that's going to kick your ass because, of course, Team Taz threw him through a table. Uh, I'm not going to talk about AEW Rampage here, even though the spoilers are out, but uh, you know, I've done a little bit of digging because I just know how the, the life works. And I was going to get it ruined for me anyway. It does sound like it was a pretty damn good match. And I like the finish especially. So, yeah, I just, again, I thought that, I mean, seeing 20,000 people in Arthur Ashe Stadium was was bonkers to begin with. The biggest non-WWE gate in North America since 1999, which was a WCW show in the Georgia Dome, Nitro. And then, yeah, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. and MGF, they didn't struggle, that's the wrong word, but they suffered, I suppose, because the crowd was absolutely wiped from going nuts for the opener, which they did. When the bell rang, everyone's going, ah, oh, I can't believe it. I think they were chanting fight forever before they even locked up. But I still thought they achieved what they had to do. MJF is just the biggest prick in the world. Brian Chilman Jr. came across like, you know, somewhat of a crazy person. Obviously, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And just an awesome baby face. And ultimately, he lost because MJF was happy to do whatever he had to do to win. Hence, we used Julia Hart as a shield and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I dug that a lot. The second highlight for me and maybe even joint highlight was Sting. Sting doesn't make any sense. Sting is 22 years old. No, 62 years old. <laughs> Imagine I thought Sting was uh, was 22 years old. Like, man, man, I don't think you've been watching wrestling. But Sting is 62 years old. And, I mean, maybe somebody could guess by looking at him, but I don't think that. I think, I can't remember who said it now, but there is no way that he looks any worse to me than he did when he was in TNA, than he did when he did his WWE stuff. And this is like almost 10 years on from that. So the guy is just absolutely incredible. He, of course, was teaming with his son, Darby Allen to take on FTR. I thought Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood did a tremendous job. Darby Allen is just an enigma. There was just so much to love in this match. The ending, especially when Darby Allen did that crazy coffin drop to stop. Uh, I think it was Cash getting in as Dax tapped out to the Scorpion Deathlock. Sting is just a legend and Sting is just a star. And I think my favorite thing about this AEW run is that he didn't necessarily get that due in TNA. He definitely didn't get it in WWE. But now we are treating him. You can even argue that maybe he didn't get it in WCW. It always felt like while he was The Rock, he was getting overshadowed by someone. I don't mean The Rock. I mean, he was like the cornerstone of that place. But now it truly feels like he's entered this almost immortal status where we will always remember him for the legend that he is. And he truly is. And I get excited about seeing him. I do. I cannot wait to see Sting. And I think his association with Darby Allen has helped wonders. And FTR are such a good tag team. Doesn't matter if they win or lose now. It really doesn't. They're just so good. They almost protect themselves, as dumb as it sounds. So that rocked. Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes, I also thought was tremendous. I liked how they potentially, I'm just guessing here, changed it on the fly because Cody was getting booed. So he started acting that way and kind of fired up at the end. Malachi Black sort of, you know, spitting the mist in his face and doing the roll up and then laughing on the uh, laughing on the, the entrance ramp. It was, I, I said earlier, I just hinted at it. To me, I can't remember the last time I saw a Cody Rhodes match and it wasn't completely focused and completely... Uh, structured around an awesome story. There's also there's always a story. And it was nice to see Brandy Rhodes back as well because that ties into the fact they had their kid, etc., etc. And the Arn Anderson thing was fine. Like, it was a little bit weird. Why did he get on the apron? I don't know. And yes, he slipped over. So what? I don't care. He's, he's, people slip over. I slip over all the time. I'm an absolute moron. So yeah, I just... And I thought Malachi Black winning was tremendous because now... I think I said this earlier too. It puts him on a pedestal. Who's going to knock him off? I'm sure that Cody Rhodes will get his win eventually, but Malachi Black can still go, yeah, well, I'm 2-1 up over you. And sometimes with these Cody Rhodes feuds, he does go off to fight other people. Look at the MGF thing, which I thought we'd go back to and we never did. But I, I massively enjoyed it. And I thought giving Malachi Black the victory, he's just coming across like a star all of his own. 
Because there was this idea that maybe he was going to get overshadowed by Adam Cole and CM Punk and Brian Danielson. I don't think that's the, the, the case at all. I think he has such an aura about him, especially when he does his entrance, that you're interested in this guy as soon as he walks down. And the fact that he has all these sort of, uh, well, quite literally, uh, smoke and mirrors that accompany his character, it's it, it just, again, standing on his own two feet. I love it. And now that the sort of initial, oh my gosh, these three new guys are in the company, I think he's going to do even better still. I can't wait to see who his next feud is with. Oh, I don't mind if we carry on with Cody either. I, I really, really don't. And then I thought the main event was very poignant and very lovely because it was Britt Baker defending her title against Ruby Soho. And of course, three months ago, Ruby Soho was Britt Baker, was, <laughs> was Ruby Riot, and couldn't even get on TV. Massively underutilized. I mean, it wasn't her fault, but you know, what can you do? The fact's a fact. And now main eventing, which is quite literally, in terms of people, the biggest show that All Elite Wrestling has ever done. There's something really nice about that. I like the fact that Tony Khan, I assume, put this card together, did it. And I thought, I just thought it was a really, really good wrestling match. I think Ruby Soho is a great babyface. I think Britt Baker is a terrific heel. I didn't mind the fact that Jamie Hayter and Rebel kept getting involved because that's the whole point. That's their shtick. Baker has made that very, very clear. And the air raid crash from the top when they just both crashed down. Oh, my word. Absolutely horrific. And of course, after uh, Ruby has tried to get rid of Jamie Hayter and Rebel, Britt Baker locks in the uh, lockjaw and that's it. And I couldn't believe this was a two-hour show. I couldn't believe how quickly the 30 minutes went for the opener. Honestly, it felt like about eight seconds. And it just zoomed by. And there was only five matches. And there was less skits on it than usual. We did have the Sammy Guevara and Miro one, which I think they're going to fight next week on Dynamite. And that's going to be awesome. I don't know whether he wins it there, but I certainly would have uh, Sammy winning that championship whenever you do decide to pull the trigger on it. I think it's time. And I think him beating Miro, who has been protected for so long, yeah, just sort of gives him all the all the moxie in the world. So... I just loved it. I thought it was terrific. I had a really, really good 30 minutes. I, I always know when it's a good one because I get kind of excited about doing ups and downs because there's so much I want to say and I kind of like, you know, to sit there and let it wash over me a little bit so I can go, oh man, I can do this, I can do that. But I get it. Some people don't want to get on the AEW hype train. And once again, tying into the start, you don't have to, but I'm pleased that I'm on it and I'm pleased that I'm enjoying it as much as I as I am. I do want to talk about Raw, though, as well, which I also thought was a really good show. Before we do get there, though, of course, Rampage is happening tomorrow. If you're listening to this the day it goes out, we have Punk versus Powerhouse Holes. We have the Super Click versus Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express. We have the Men of the Year or the Boys of the Week as Jake Hagar calling them versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hagar. Really good spin in that one. I won't spoil it, but good. Lucha Brothers and Santana and Ortiz versus the Hardy Family Office, Penelope Ford versus Anna Jay, and Moxie and Kingston versus Suzuki Gun in a lights out match, which you just know is going to be bonkers. And there's also a cool spin at the end of that one, which the crowd goes nuts for. So just AEW continued to smash it. I don't care about the ratings from a, you know, I just hope everybody does great numbers, but I do like looking at them from a statistical point of view. And given that Monday Night Raw right now is not struggling, but is going against Monday Night Football, there's every chance they beat them again. And I, I don't see it as a war. I just see it as an awesome thing that AEW is getting all these brand new viewers. And I hope that WWE is able to do the same because I get nothing from, from a company not doing well. I actually think that's kind of a crazy. But talking about Raw, yeah, it's kind of weird because it did seem bizarre that Roman Reigns versus Biggie versus Bobby Lashley would be added so from nowhere, especially when you already had the New Day versus the Bloodline, which to me was enough to, you know, hopefully get the bodies and get the eyes in front of your product. But as it turned out, also the internet rumor mill says Vince McMahon made the decision around about midday on the Monday. 
So he had gotten reports from the house shows that they've been doing this triple threat match. It was really good. And he decided, well, we got Roman, we got Big E, we got Bobby Lashley. Let's do the match. Now, why we couldn't have done that next week, I have no idea. Maybe it ties into the fact that Extreme Rules is on Sunday, which we will talk about, of course. And again, I don't have to worry about it. I knew it was going to happen. I was going to watch Raw regardless. But I do think you could have got some extra mileage out of it. And it is an area that I would appreciate WWE, if they can, investing more time into. Just taking things easy and relaxing and not hot-shotting. I don't mind Roman Reigns being on Raw. I truly don't. And actually, a lot of people said that it was in retaliation to Dynamite. They did announce this a long time ago. I know over a month ago that I knew that Roman was going to be on it because of the WWE UK tour, which I will also talk about in a bit. But yes, the opening, New Day versus The Bloodline, was great. That triple threat match was fantastic. One of the best Raw matches I've seen in ages. And everything else permeated throughout the show I thought was decent. I mean, I'm, the Jeff Hardy thing is weird, but I'm happy because he's now been inserted into that triple threat match uh, going down on Sunday. Uh, I, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash winning the tag titles I thought was great, especially because they you know, dedicated it to people suffering with pediatric cancer and you can't have them lose after that. It just could have used more time. And I think the celebration could have gone on for longer. But WWE seems to be into these quick matches right now. And I like Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I truly did once more. Do I think it could have done more time given how long they've been together? Yes. But I like the fact that Shayna Baszler looks like she's going back to the legit I'm going to whoop your ass personality. Apparently Nia Jax obviously had a hand broken, quote unquote, and has been written off TV. So she can have a nice comeback at some point. So it's all there. And I look, just to sort of round it off, I thought Charlotte Flair versus... Uh, well, the, the in-ring stuff on Alexa's playground was also the best that those two have done. I, I could do without the doll stuff, but I don't mind it, especially because I know that kids are into it and they're selling a bunch of dolls and it is a business at the end of the day. But I like the inside of baseball stuff. I thought Alexa Bliss came across as more of a real person, which also benefited. Charlotte Flair is always good. You know, whatever criticisms we may have of her, she's a very good sports entertainer. And it did make me invest in that match. It's still random, as always, when we found out that Angel Garza and Humberto Correa are now a tag team. But this ties into the triple threat argument. You could have had that as a month, six-week, eight-week story. Maybe they start off having a match. Then they realize they have respect for each other. Then they realize they could probably go into the tag team division. Then they fall out with Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. That's three, four weeks of TV, as far as I'm concerned. And you can say, oh, no one's going to care about that. And you're right, but that's why you do it. You start allowing people to care. You start allowing uh, you know, people to invest in these characters. I don't think RK Bro would be as well received if it was, if we hadn't been allowed to fall in love with Riddle and you know, just appreciate Randy Orton's, well, fedding up, getting fed up with him time and time again. I think it's those little bits about is why we enjoy it so much. And that's something else we had on Raw, you know, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. So yeah, I thought it was... Um, I thought it was great. Like, I, I really, really did. There was something else I didn't like on it, but I can't remember now. And let's not focus on the negative because it's a waste of time. So really just a great week for wrestling because SmackDown at the end of last week was also tremendous. I really like SmackDown. Some people are like, oh, I don't really care for it. But no, I just, I like Roman Reigns. I like Paul Heyman. I like the story. I think Finn Balor is a badass. He's a lot of fun. I do think it's weird that we only have one Extreme Rules match for Extreme Rules. Like, I don't like these stipulation pay-per-views. I don't think it helps Hell in a Cell. I don't think it helps Elimination Chamber, a TLC, which they announced for December recently. And I don't think it helps this. I just don't. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why is the Demon versus Roman Reigns an Extreme Rules match? Well, it's called Extreme Rules. Well, then why is it the only Extreme Rules match on the show? I don't know. It's just what we do. And I would much like it if we just got rid of them. Just call it anything. Call it WWE... I don't know, uh, router. <laughs> I just saw my router. WWE water bowl, WWE envelope, WWE sock. I mean, what difference does it make? And then we wouldn't have to try and retroactively fit these things around it. But, you know, that's just what WWE does. There's no point crying over spill meek. Mick milk. Let me get up the card, which has closed itself down. There we go. It's a good card on paper. Liv Morgan versus Carmella, I like. I know it happened randomly last week, but just getting Liv Morgan on the pay-per-view is something. 
And I do think Carmella's got a lot better in 2021. Absolutely. The angle was weird. Oh, my nose is broken. Oh, no, it's not. But let's have a match. She does have to fight Zelina Vega tomorrow, but I'm sure she'll win that. And I imagine that Carmella will win after Zelina Vega interferes. Although Tony Storm may be out there too, because she's now best friends with Liv Morgan. But I think it'll be a good match. And again, like I say, I'm kind of taking what I can get here. I just massively appreciate the fact that Liv Morgan's made it to a to a pay-per-view because usually she can't make it to TV. We also have the Usos versus the Street Profits for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This is where I will start to talk about my experience at WWE London. So yeah, the SmackDown crew have been over in the UK, uh, which is why Roman was on Raw because Drew McIntyre took his place for obvious reasons. And the first match was the Street Profits versus Otis and Gable, Alpha Academy. And I'm not trying to say that Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford aren't good when I watch them on television. They're flipping brilliant. Of course they are. But in person, you see so much more. And it's absolutely something WWE needs to capture, especially Angelo Dawkins. He was working his ass off. And it really kind of painted a picture to me about, yeah, again, why they've got to where they've got. So... I think this match will be really, really good. Of course, it suffers because it's not fresh by any stretch of the imagination. And I honestly thought this was an easy one. I thought the Usos were win, blah, blah, blah. But I actually now think there's a better story in the Street Profits winning. I know the Usos have only just become the tag team champions in the last few months. But given that Roman Reigns right now kind of feels like the walls are closing in because Big E wants him, Bobby Lashley wants him, Finn Balor wants him, Brock Lesnar wants him, so on and so forth. You could even argue that Edge is coming back for him or Seth Rollins. If his boys then lose the tag team championships, that just allows him to go a little bit more crazy, a little bit more insane, a little bit more gaslighting asshole son of a bitch. So I actually think there's something in that. We are hot shotting the titles a little bit, but WWE has always done that with the SmackDown titles. But I would like to see it. My only worry is we get to Survivor Series and we... Who is the tag? So it's RK-Bro. See, RK-Bro versus the Usos does make more sense than the Street Profits. So this every... So my point is this, as I interrupt myself, this is why I think it's a good match. When you actually dive deep into it, even though we've seen it before, there's so many permutations that could come out the other side. I like it. It's got me, so it gets a tick. Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's title. Honestly, I think that it will be focused on dolls. And I think the finish is going to come because Charlotte is going to rip the doll. It's going to try and rip the head off Lily. And that will quote unquote distract Alexa Bliss. And then you get natural selection, figure eight, whatever the hell you want to do. But if we present Alexa Bliss like we have done over the last two weeks and allow her to wrestle like we know, it will be really, really good. Like it just will do. It's I think we forget, again, I don't want to keep going on about this, but Charlotte is excellent. Alexa Bliss is of that same ilk. She just needs to be allowed to do it. So I think this will be good. I don't think there's a chance in hell that we give the belt to Alexa Bliss because Charlotte's only just won it. Even more so because, depending what happens in the other women's match, you know, we do Charlotte versus Becky at Survivor Series. I presume if we're doing brand warfare, which I think we are, the adverts went up today and it's all red versus blue, etc., etc. And I guess we should talk about that too. I mean, this ties into what I saw at the house show too. The best thing that I saw was Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. It was a terrific match. And if you know, if you followed wrestling for a while, usually the house show circuit is done so you can practice all your stuff to then take on to a bigger stage, e.g. Raw, SmackDown, or a pay-per-view. So if they truly do this and they pull it off in the, and the execution the way they did, not only are you going to see a bunch of new moves from Becky Lynch, which were very, very impressive, but the match rocked. Like, it was really, really good, and it captivated the crowd, and people were excited. I mean, kids were a bit confused because they wanted to cheer Becky Lynch, and of course, she's trying to do everything to get booed, which kind of, that decision is just dumb, but we've talked about it. We don't need to talk about it now. And spoiler, turn your radio off for like a minute if you don't want to hear this. Becky Lynch did win. I think she poked Bianca Belair in the eye and then she used the manhandle slam and she got the one, two, three. I can see that being the finish because it's quote unquote protects Bianca Belair. There's no way we take the title off Becky Lynch a month after winning it. 
I still th- and then Survivor Series, you can just ignore it. If we do do brand warfare, then you get into December leading into Rumble. Who knows what we're going to do? So I think Lynch wins that one. But I think actually both could come out smelling of roses if they have that kind of a match. Because like I say, really, really good. Which, oh no, we've got two more matches, sorry. I'm sure more will get announced on SmackDown, but I'm just going with what I've got in front of me. Priest versus Hardy versus Sheamus for the US title. I like that Jeff Hardy's been added into this, as I say, because I didn't like him being a 24-7 geek. I think it's not a good use of a proper legend that you have on your roster. But I also think he's been put in this so he can take the pin. I think that's quite clear. That's what WWE likes to do. And it probably means, once again, we can just avoid doing Damian Priest versus Sheamus at Survivor Series. Again, blah, blah, blah. But then we can do it at TLC. They can have a TLC match and probably blow it off at the Royal Rumble. Which I'm all good with as long as Damian Priest holds on to that belt because I think we should be pushing him right now and Sheamus is gold dust regardless. Not that gold dust. And so, yeah, I will predict it almost down to the move. And I know this makes no sense from a heel face dynamic, but again, it's WWE. Sheamus will bro kick Jeff Hardy. Damian Priest will then hit the reckoning on Sheamus, but he'll pin Jeff for no reason whatsoever. That's or maybe Sheamus rolls out the ring or something like that. But it's still better having Jeff Hardy in this position than the position that he was. But I want to see what we do after after this with him. So I don't think he'll still be in the US title picture. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he wins it. I wouldn't do that, but that's my guess for that. And Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor in an extreme rules match. Now, I like the fact it's been made an Extreme Rules match because I don't believe that Balor is going to win. So this hopefully will allow WWE to do something so nuts, like a big move or a table spot or a chair spot, a ladder, whatever it may be, which protects this demon character. They, Vince McMahon clearly isn't into it that much because every time we do see him, it's always in some kind of silly guise. It's not necessarily silly this time, but it's been rushed. And if he just loses, you're like, again, you get Bray Wyatt syndrome. Like, What's the point of this guy? I don't get it. So in that sense, it's good that this is the Extreme Rules Extreme Rules match. It can be over the top, it can be violent, it can be an aggressive, and you, like, you know, to repeat myself, you can come up with a finish where, yeah, maybe Roman Reigns is all groggy and Finn Balor just gets pinned for the for the for the one, two, three. I mean, the real criticism, I suppose, is that we have Crown Jewel in a month, or whenever the hell it's going down, the Saudi Arabia show. And we already know that it's Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title. And I get the commentators will go, oh, it could be Finn Balor, but we all know better than that. They're not going to pull that off the table. And also, I don't think that Roman Reigns should be losing the championship right now. I think he should do his match with Brock Lesnar. I would prefer it at WrestleMania. I think he should do his match with The Rock. And then I think you need to prick somebody to beat him after that. And it could have been a Finn Balor. I don't think it's going to be now, obviously, but it could have been. You can go down to NXT, a Bron Breaker, you know, Rex Steiner. It could absolutely be that guy. That guy rocks. He's going to be a super duper star. He's absolutely brilliant. But that's what I should do. And I don't think we should do it like we did with Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker. And Brock didn't really need it, but it still helped him massively. I think we should give it to someone who just is going to use this to propel and rocket fuel their entire career, whoever that may be. But yeah, I don't think Finn Balor's going to win. Roman Reigns gets the, uh, gets the victory, but I think it'll be a good match. You know, I, re- I really do think it'll be a good match because Finn Balor is terrific and Roman Reigns is terrific. Some people still like to tell me that Roman Reigns doesn't know how to wrestle. I think you're nuts. Like, you're allowed your opinion, but my opinion of you is that I think you're nuts. And you're allowed to think that I'm nuts as well. So, yeah, you know, there you go. Outside of that, I don't think there's much news. Oh, no, actually, I do want to shout out Sammy Callahan. My word. Sammy Callahan had a horrific injury, I think, following a dive where he basically destroyed his fibula and his tibula. So, you know, without wanting to, to, to break kayfabe, as they say, too much, all the best wishes to him. I hope he gets better soon. I hope he has a hero's welcome when he is able to get back to Impact, apparently not till 2022. But yeah, it sounded absolutely crazy. And for a man that has given a lot to professional wrestling and put his body on the line, uh, yeah, either way, it doesn't matter. It was just terrible. So I wanted to mention that before we go into other news. 
Although there isn't that much, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Everybody was talking about the fact, oh my God, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega is on free TV. And I was like, man, I really don't care about this. There was, I mean, there was something going on. What were people talking about? They were about Buddy Murphy and the fact that they think he's gone to Impact, which is good. I hope Bray Wyatt goes to Impact as well. I think it would make that show, I think they'd both be amazing on AEW too, but I think having that kind of star power around all promotions helps everybody. So, you know, I would, it's kind of like the Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson argument of he went to AEW. In fact, there was a lot of quotes from him as he did the rounds. You know, he went to AEW because he thought it'd be better for the business. He thought he could help grow it if there's more places for people to work. He mentioned how much he liked Vince McMahon. He released that letter saying thanks to WWE. The dude is just a class act and a terrific professional wrestler. There was also an interview when he was talking about apples being tree semen. But I think we'll save that for another day. I don't think we need to get into it here. But do not worry if you're not going to look into it. Apples are not tree semen. Oh, I guess you could argue they are. Either way, you can eat them and it will all be fine. Uh, Brandy Rhodes returned with Cody. I can't remember if I said that or not. I thought that was cool because obviously it's nice to have her back on the show and she's given birth. So, you know, it's just peaches and cream all around. I thought, I mean, I'm probably forgetting something, but I mean, CM Punk called Hulk Hogan a piece of shit. <laughs> that was so funny. I was on an interview that I was watching before the news story had broke, and he just dropped that. He just said, he just said, I think Hulk Hogan's a piece of shit. And if you know the CM Punk Hulk Hogan story, you would think that he's absolutely within his rights. Because as it goes, he went to shake Hulk Hogan's hand, who looked at him and just walked on by. And I understand that Hulk Hogan may have had stuff going on in his personal life, but you don't do that. But also, we know the story when it comes to Hulk Hogan. I've talked about it many a time on this podcast. I think it was terrible then. I think it's still terrible now, given the quote-unquote apology. I just don't like it at all. I think mean, this is bad news. Bad news, Brown. But of course, that made uh, news lines, news lines, headlines everywhere, because of course it did. How the hell could it not? I had news written somewhere. Now I've lost it, because I'm an absolute... Um, absolute moron uh no that's about it i think we should probably just do the questions but i don't want to miss anything so i'm just looking through news now it's making me laugh because every story is cm punk says i think (laughs) oh there it is thank you i just found my notes then flipping owen hart news greatest thing ever so if you didn't see AEW has entered a partnership into with the owen hart foundation to not only ensure his legacy continues, but to make a bunch of money, which of course not only goes to charity, but goes to his family, which I think is more than fair. But it means we're going to get merchandise, we're going to get him in the video game, and we're going to get, I think, a yearly Owen Hart Cup tournament. And I was just like, man, what warm and fuzzy tum-tum news. I absolutely loved it, because we all know the situation with Owen Hart. It's no surprise that Martha Hart wants nothing to do with WWE. If you truly think that's a bad stance, you have a strange brain. And you need to go and look in the mirror because you're crazy. And Owen Hart is one of those wrestlers who was ahead of his time. If what happened hadn't have happened and you were going to have the likes of Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho coming in, who knows what kind of matches they would have had. I think it would have been tremendous. I think he would have been an absolute star of the uh, of the Attitude Era. I'm not really the Attitude Era already started, but you know what I'm saying. Like when those guys came in and the style started to change a little bit, who knows what the, the ceiling would have been. But I just, look, the Owen, as soon as they said the Owen Hart Cup tournament, I got excited. A, I love tournaments. I love a yearly tournament. Something to look forward to. Something to honor the man. Something to, you know, protect his legacy, I suppose, for lack of a better term. Just a 10 out of 10, five star, 100% announcement. And as always, there were people going, I can't believe that AEW have stolen this from WWE. You really, again, need to check yourself if you're having those kind of thoughts. There is no war to the level that you think there is. A lot of people are just enjoying WWE 
and then a lot of people wait a couple of days and they enjoy AEW. This is not personal against you. Brian Danielson going to AEW is not against you. He had to write that in his note because a bunch of crazy people have said he had betrayed them. He is a human being trying to make money for his family and he gets to do it doing something he loves. He is living the dream. Don't be crazy, people. Just don't. <laughs> Just stop it. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. And I, 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 sw- I would definitely. There's definitely more news that that I've forgotten now because how the hell did I forget the Owen Hart thing? Well, just because so much goes on all the time and it slipped my brain. Oh, actually, I do. Thank you. Look at that. It's because I yelled at my brain. It got back. I do believe we're getting a second title in AEW and it's going to be a TBS championship, which has been long rumored, but it's going to be a female women's title. And I love that. I think it's awesome because not only does it open up more opportunities to get women on the show, but that's just a cool thing to do. We don't need another men's title. We've got the TNT. We've got the world. We've got the tag. Uh, the women only have the world. So this way, it can even be defended on Elevation or something or Dark. I know it's a TBS title, so you presume it's going to be defended on TBS shows, but it's not the point. You can allow yourself to to, to sort of have some fun with it and establish some stars, much like we've done with Miro, much like we did with Brody Lee, Cody, Darby Allen. list goes on and on. I mean, I think somebody like a Julia Hart would massively benefit from having that championship or a Thunder Rosa or a, a Nyla Rose. I mean, we could do this all day. Riho, right? It would be absolutely... Absolutely awesome. So yeah, fantastic week in in wrestling. I've had such a good time. I look forward to next week. I hope that we continue to do this for as long as we as long as we possibly can. I just I think all companies are firing right now. Again, I think Raw's had a, a two couple of uh, two good weeks as well. And long may it continue. Let us do the questions. My man James Bardolf says, where would last night's Dynamite atmosphere rank in terms of weekly shows you have watched from any program? Because I'm not sure I can think of something that beat it. I don't think so, no. I think it would be on par. There will be shows, obviously, maybe back in the Attitude Era, etc. But it was right up there. Like, it is... uh, It's an all-timer. It it just is. 20,000 people going absolutely nuts and cheering and shouting and just giving you that energy from minute one. Brilliant. I, I honestly I couldn't have had a better time Jose says I have been very out of shape I really wanted to get back into working out I work a graveyard shift and I'm always exhausted after work which of the videos you have on your YouTube channel would you highly recommend for some motivation to start with thank you for responding last week well I'll also use that as a cheap plug yeah make sure you search for Simon Miller and subscribe to me on YouTube Jose I don't know if there is an actual specific video I can give you I mean I, I would just say maybe Google or sort of search for some of my lists where I talk about you know, random things you can do at the gym in order to kickstart. What I will do is I'll take a couple of minutes here just to say this. To me, the best way to find that motivation is even when you don't have it, just tell yourself you're going to do 30 minutes of exercise today. It could be a walk, it could be a run, it could be weightlifting, whatever the hell it was. Because doing 30 minutes is more than you did yesterday, even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes. The reason I say 30 is what usually happens if you go to the gym with the idea that you're going to do a 30 minute workout, when you get there, you'll do an hour because you're already there. And if you go for a five-minute walk, you'll probably do a 15-minute walk because you're already out. Why bother turning around? So that's the way to start it. And then after a while, you will teach your brain and you will teach your body how to, uh, um, you know, keep this up. You'll get into a routine, essentially, what as I'm trying to say. So that would be my very quick advice for you and I'll try and think of a proper video. My man Adam Pearson says, who would win in an extreme rules match between me, you, Alex McCarthy and Dave Meltzer? We can't beat Meltzer. He's got a finisher. It's called the Meltzer drama. He would kill us. Um, Cooper says, could you body slam onto the giant in his prime? Not as he is now, obviously. I mean, if he jumped hard enough, probably. I think, yes, I think Andre the Giant was such a good worker, he would find a way to make it work. Whether I should or not is a completely different matter entirely. Anthony, if Hangman were to return last night, how would you have booked it? Well, I wouldn't have done. 
even if he was available, I would have said, go home, hangman. We can use you in a few months to, you know, keep this momentum going. But if somebody put a gun to my head, I'd be like, dude, you're weird. There's no need to do this. I would have just had a chat. I suppose at the end, when you were doing the brawl between the elite and the Jurassic Express and uh, Christian, have the elite, you know, take advantage and maybe go to do something super dastardly with a chair or a table. And that's when Hangman comes out. And then you could do gang warfare for a while. Always keep it simple. I don't ever think you need to do anything over the top. Um, His Excellency. Well, we're not, we're not mucking around here. I watched your AEW prediction video and I'm convinced that you had a clue that Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson match was going to end in a draw. Just saying, good stuff all around. Love from Tanzania. Amazing. No, dude, I'm just, it's just what I would have done. I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm sort of some sort of wrestling savant. It was just a guess, and I lucked out. I get many wrong, don't worry. Random Unicorn says, with Malachi Black's entrance, did you get any Wyatt vibes with the lantern-esque lights and red glow? Well, I think it's always been like that. I don't know what Bray Wyatt's going to do. I, I wouldn't put him with Alistair Black or Malachi Black. I just wouldn't. I know they have similar characters, but they are individuals to me. Bray Wyatt can have a faction, but he doesn't need to be in it. Or at least I don't want to see that. I don't think it benefits him. I much prefer him to coin somebody else's term as a lone wolf. I just do. I think that's that's better. Actually, I forgot to talk about the rest of the house show I just realized, in case you wanted to. So, yes, I talked about the opening match. Uh, the second match was then hilarious because it was the Mysterios taking on the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Then halfway through, it was like, Raw? Seth Rollins just interrupted and beat them up and said, oh, these are my best friends. So then, of course, Finn Balor interrupted him. We did a six-man, which Finn Balor and Mysterios won. Just really fun, and kids loved it. And they barely, I don't mean this in a bad way, but they barely did anything because they maximized what they were going to do. It was very, very, very cool to watch. And then before the interval, it was Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal in a street fight. That was excellent. Of course, Drew McIntyre won that. Claymore kick one, two, three. He threw Jinder through a table, then promised that he was going to get a pay-per-view in the UK. Be interesting to see here if he can pull that off. Happy Corbin, which is what reminded me because I said the lone wolf versus Kevin Owens was after the break. That rocked as well. Those two guys are just absolutely fantastic. And then there was something else. Oh, yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Apollo Crews. Also very good. Shinsuke Nakamura won. And then Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. It was a really, really fun show. I think they had 17,000 people in there or 15,000 maybe, which is pretty damn good, all things considered. And it's the first big event I've been to since the craziness with the pandemic. And I was a little bit intimidated. The first time I've taken a train in two years. I was like, what the flub is going on? And uh, shout out to Tops UK, actually, for supporting me with that one. That was through uh, through What Culture, because as you know, we do some sponsorship stuff with them. So I appreciate you having me down. Uh, Drive says, do you think AEW will ever be in the G1 as the Forbidden Door has basically been burnt down and all? Well, yeah, some people will. I think Kenny Omega will go back. I think Daniel Brian Danielson will be in it. Wouldn't surprise me if Malachi Black did it. And loads of other people. Absolutely. I think if we've all calmed down in 2002, the G1 is going to be pretty damn badass. Uh, Zach says, overall, do you see AEW changing the format of two weekly TV shows and four pay-per-views with occasional pay-per-view quality dynamites? Or do you think they'll stick with it? They're obviously smashing it, but wonder on your thoughts. I mean, look, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? I, I, WWE would probably benefit from having less pay-per-views, but there's no point because they have someone who has bought their network. So that would be ridiculous. But AEW system is working. And I think I always tie into football managers. When you have a club... And they want to get rid of their manager for some reason. He goes and it just all falls apart. And it's because you changed the system that had actually been giving you your success to begin with. And you just had a... I mean, AEW hasn't had any foibles, but sometimes people do. So no, I would keep doing what you're doing. I love the four pay-per-views a year. I love these huge dynamites. Every now and then you can make Rampage two hours, as we're doing here. Makes sense because of the 20,000 people. It's a great, great system. Uh, Cody's ahead of the game. He says, hey, Simon, would you want to introduce a mid-card women's title? Oh, no, wait, in the WWE, if they were to scrap the women's tag titles on the main roster. Well, I don't think we should scrap the women's tag titles. 
No, that, that don't get rid of a women's belt to include a women's belt. Like, get rid of a, another belt. What I would rather do is get rid of the US Championship, only because the Intercontinental Championship means more to me, and then introduce another belt there that's for the women. So one mid-card title, whatever you want to call it. But then that ties into the brand split. But no, I don't think the women's tag titles have been particularly used well, because I think sometimes whoever gets it falls into a holding pattern once more through no fault of their own. But no, I don't want to get rid of it just to... We should get rid of a men's one and do a women's one. So there's parity. Uh, Morningstar says, Do you think Brian will be the one to dethrone Omega or will they hand him his first loss at the hands of the champ? We've all wanted Hangman to be the one. And if they have someone else beat him first for the AEW belt, it would be throwing years away of long-term storytelling. Morningstar, you're a very nice person. I appreciate you listening. That is hyperbole gone mad. <laughs> it depends how they tell the story. It may make it better for all we know. Like a win and a loss in any kind of wrestling storyline isn't the be all and end all. It's all about how you tell it, the execution and the follow up. Now, look, would I like Hangman Page to be the guy that beats it after Daniel Bryan, uh, sorry, Brian Danielson has lost to Omega and so has CM Punk? Yes, because that would sort of enhance him even more. But you don't have to do it that way. So no. Uh, do I think Brian Danielson will actually win the championship? No, I don't. But would I be perfectly fine if he did? Absolutely. You have to go with what fans and what is best for business. And it'd be, you'd be hard to argue that was a bad move. Uh, Spaz Phoenix says, what are your initial thoughts on the new fireworks and rainbows NXT? Well, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen much of NXT because something had to give. And unfortunately, it was NXT. I was like, I cannot fit all this wrestling into my life without sacrificing other areas of my life that I just do not have a choice in sacrificing. But I do keep up with it. And I think it looks great. I think Bron Breaker is great. Uh, I think it feels a little bit too much like Raw sometimes. But again, that's the whole point. And what I am most excited about is that whoever Vince McMahon does like probably will make it on the main roster because he's already been chosen by them. You know, it's not someone that Triple H has done like a Ricochet or a Bobby Roode or whoever. So ultimately, we may not have our hearts broken as much. So I think in the long term, it's probably for the best. The Unhinged Gamer says, would you rather see Omega face Adam Page or Brian Danielson at full gear? Maybe a triple threat. No, no, no. I want Adam Page to be gone for a while. Let, let him bring his kid up. It's far more important. And let's now do Omega versus Brian Danielson. Finish it however the hell you want and then bring back Hangman Adam Page. There's no point rushing them all together. Again, you're getting rid of weeks of storyline. You let it all play out. We've got, we got all the time in the world. There's too much wrestling on television. You've got to make sure you have things in your back pocket. Uh, the Hater Nation says, you were right about the Omega Danielson draw. Clap, clap, clap. I was. How do you think the long-term storytelling will play out? Well, I think they're going to go on a tear of matches. I think they'll do the full gear main event. I think we'll probably get a one-hour Iron Man match. Somehow it will still be even or justified as even. Then probably Kenny Omega will win somehow, which may even lead to Daniel Bryanson's Daniel Bryanson, Brian Danielson's next feud. It's going to be a tough one, but I don't think either guy is going to come out looking worse. But I do think Kenny Omega will be the champ. Poyo says, who would you say is the best seller in the business? Personally, for me, it's got to be Big Dolphy Z. No, mine is Brian Danielson, <laughs> again, or Tanahashi, maybe. I mean, I go with Brian Danielson because I genuinely thought his wrist was broken <laughs> at Grand Slam. As it turns out, he was just selling it. And that's the point of, you know, making, that's the whole point of it. Make me think that you're injured. I think Dolph Ziggler takes a hell of a bump. And I think he's a terrific professional wrestler. And I think he should be used better than he is. But I never actually, I'm sure I have in the past, but I never truly thought he's hurt. And that's the kind of selling that I like. Um, Blake says, let's book a match between me and you. Okay, done. That was easy, wasn't it? Look forward to fighting you. Uh, AA Loza says, right now in a forbidden door across all promotions and companies, who goes first? Oh, sorry, forbidden door draft. Well, I mean, the top guys. It depends on what company you're in, but you want a Roman Reigns, you want a Kenny Omega, you want an Okada, you would want a CM Punk, you would want a... 
Well, there'd be loads of guys I'm not even thinking about right now. So, yeah, I mean, who is the... I mean, Kenny Omega, I think, is probably number one right now. Like the PWI said. Yeah, I'd probably go Kenny Omega. Uh, Expect Nothing says, do you think Rock versus Roman could actually bring WWE back into the spotlight? I mean, that's just one match while AEW is gathering full-time workers. Look, The Rock is bigger than all of this. He just is. Most of his fans don't even know he used to be a wrestler. He's mainstream. He's one of those famous people in the world. Whatever he does, people are going to follow. So it would be great. But I also don't agree with this rhetoric that WWE is in trouble or WWE is bad or WWE is this. WWE is consistently at the top of the ratings. WWE is making a ton of money. It doesn't mean they don't have to make changes when it comes to storytelling or how they're using their stars. But, you know, it would only help having The Rock back. Again, in a couple of years, it may be completely different. But right now, I would say that all companies are smashing it as opposed to, uh, as opposed to this idea. But The Rock definitely is bigger than everybody. Because he is, not just in wrestling, in acting too. It is stupid. Uh, where am I going? Sean says, if you have to suggest one match for a person who has never watched wrestling before, what would it be? I show them, I've talked about this before. I show them a video of uh, a CM Punk versus a John Cena, a Mega Powers imploding, uh, a Mega versus a Carter. And if they're interested in the package and they want to see what the match is going to be, then you've probably locked them in. Otherwise, I go with Will Ospreay versus Ricochet because people like flippy shit. Craig says, hear me out. New Day triple threat match for Big E's title. Don't do this to me, Craig. We don't need it. Jeffrey says, your favorite wrestling game. Ocarina of Time Zelda. MSK says, my question is, should Lucha Brothers drop the belts to Proud and Powerful given their eventual feud? Or do they need to hold them a long time? Well, I would like them to hold it a long time because I think it establishes the belts better. However, Santana and Ortiz as champions is also something that has to happen. So this is kind of like a win-win for me. Hopefully they have a long-term feud. But you could probably argue it either way. It's a difficult one. Uh, Henrique says, you are a figure present in wrestling through YouTube, but also as a wrestler. What does it feel like to step into a ring and entertain an audience? Well, it's pretty much one of the best things in the world. I had a match with EWA on Saturday where everything kind of just clicked. And I had this 10 seconds where I was actually sort of uh, of the moment, as they say. And yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't worry about anything else on the planet. So yeah, it's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn cool. I would implore anybody that's interesting just to give it a try. Because when you can get to the point you're having matches, like I say, it's just an absolute blast. Regan says, when AEW comes to the UK, will you make inquiries about working some dark matches for them? I mean, obviously, I would love to do that. I don't think it works that way. I think they have to reach out to you. But I don't know. I don't know what the, the format is. But of course, I would do that. I mean, who wouldn't, right? It's a, You don't turn down opportunities, no matter what those opportunities uh, may be, if they're good, obviously. Shakir, why have AEW or WWE gone for Goldberg and Brock Lesnar method for how they first broke through with any wrestlers, i.e. bringing the young mid-20s guy they've never seen wrestle before and make him unstoppable all the way to the belt? Good question. Don't know. Somebody should do that. Totally agree with you. Always enjoy it. Mark says, was CM Punk the first and maybe OBWW champ to go from baby to heel during a title run? I mean, no, that's definitely not true. I can't think of any examples now, but it has happened. It has happened more than once. Uh, Kieran says, which would you rather see? Orange Cassidy versus Roman Reigns or Eddie Kingston versus Samoa Joe? Look, I would love Orange Cassidy versus Roman Reigns, but I need Eddie Kingston versus Samoa Joe. <laughs> definitely. Travis says, can you explain an ups and downs match? No, Travis. I didn't understand it when I did it and I don't understand it now. Matt says, will we ever see a better match on free... Sorry, will we see a better match this year on free TV than Brian uh, Danielson versus Omega? No, probably not. You may get ones up there, but I think it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to beat it. Backyard Ripper says, do Americans take it for granted how easy it is to watch pro wrestling? Well, it's pretty easy in the UK as well. 
I mean, that's just 2021, really. Entertainment's just kind of hitting you in the face. D says, we all saw the old Elias is dead. Is the new Elias dead too? It seems that way, and it's my fault. I got all excited about it. I said I was looking forward to it. I was like, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to do it, and they didn't. And it's and it's my stupid... I'm a moron. <laughs> I shouldn't have done So you can put this on me. I shouldn't have been so optimistic. And here we are again. And who the hell knows what's going on? Daryl says, what's more fun, working as a baby face or a heel? Ask me again in a few weeks. I've only finally got myself booked as heel since uh, wrestling came back post-pandemic. So, you know, I don't really have a, a full experience. But I imagine it's going to be pretty fun. Although I do like working baby face. I know some people don't. But, I mean, what's better than a crowd cheering for you, right? It's, it's pretty damn good. Uh, Kazuto says, do you think Cody will turn heel and Malika Black will be some kind of babyface? I think they'll take it on a case-by-case basis, a week-by-week basis. I think Cody likes doing that regardless. I think he'll just see how people respond to him. And as we saw last night, he's really good at adapting on the fly. Uh, Brown says, for you personally, it's resting as much fun now as it was in the Monday Night Wars era. Well, yes and no. I mean, I was a kid then, and it's always going to be hard to, to stop to... Uh, not enjoy things more as a kid because you know there's so many things come along with being a child but given my current situation where i get to do the reviews and i get to do stuff like this you know it brings a whole other form of entertainment with it i'm kind of that guy that i don't like comparing things like that because i always think you can get the good out of the situation you're in now and it would be the same here you know i I get to review wrestling it's a stupid job but i'm very very happy i get to do it gene says what are your favorite and least favorite gimmicks uh well right now happy corbin would be one of my favorite gimmicks Roman Reigns would be one of my favorite gimmicks. Kenny Omega would be one of my favorite gimmicks. Big E's not really a gimmick, but I think he's absolutely tremendous. Worst ones? I think there are only worst ones. I mean, I, I don't really like the Alexa Bliss stuff, but I'm happy that they do it because I know that it finds an audience. Other than that, I don't think there's anybody that I dread seeing. No, I don't think so. I could be wrong, but no, I don't think so. Uh, John says, when are you and I going to talk wrestling themes? Whenever you want, John. We could have done it right now. We we're going to move on. Hans Peter Bart says, was this the best TV match of all time? I mean, it's up there. One day it'll be the best, the other day it won't be the best because this is just how the world works. Albert says, what's going to be the full gear main event? Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. Uh, Rana says, it doesn't bother me, but I'm curious. Why don't you do star ratings videos anymore? Nothing wrong with ups and downs, but it's always fun to see a more in-depth video on your reason for why you gave matches their ratings rather than read them on the What Culture website. Dude, I've never done a video on star ratings. <laughs> I know that What Culture used to, but I don't know. That's their decision. <laughs> but bro, just didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, Mitch Bork says, how damaging do you think being released from WWE is to mental health of the person that got fired? It's a job, man. Anything like that is going to have a, a, an awful effect on you for a little bit because it's tough. It's difficult. It's scary. I've, had, I've been fired from jobs before and it's a horrible feeling, which is why I can't stand it when people go, oh, I hope this person gets fired. So you, my friend, are a son of a flub. You shouldn't be saying things like that. It just makes you a bad person. Don't wish terrible things onto other people, especially ones that you wouldn't want to happen to you either. I mean, absolutely terrible. Uh, Loki says, which champion in WWE do you see losing their title in the near future? Well, everyone that's got a title right now, probably Shinsuke Nakamura, given the way they throw around the Intercontinental title. So yeah, I'll go with him. Probably Shinsuke Nakamura. Chris says, out of the going in Raw, boys, who do you think you could train to be a better wrestler? Steve or Larson? No, no, give me both. And I will turn them into the most formidable tag team ever. And they'll also be the nicest tag team ever because they're super duper nice. Uh, HD Brown says, do you use real people or a dummy when learning wrestling moves? Bro, there's no dummy. Apart from me. When I'm when I'm someone's using me as a wrestling move learner, they absolutely are, uh, are using a dummy. 
Um, ben, why are the keyboard warriors so mad about the Owen Hart AEW deal? We talked about that because they're insane. Uh, Raheem says, does AEW use too much bad language? Not for me. It's just a word. I don't get offended by it, so it's all good. Glenn says, which maybe pay-per-view would you most want in the UK from WWE and AEW? Well, any, just do anything in AEW. It doesn't matter. It's brand new. And WWE, WrestleMania, of course, that would be the best. MRF, are you given a contract to wrestle with either AEW or WWE? Which one would you pick? I mean, I've been asked this a thousand times. Again, if I'm ever in that kind of position where two people are offering me a contract... I can't lose. How the hell did I do this? What on earth did I do? I'm a lucky boy, and I should probably go and give somebody uh, somebody a hug. James says, what's a move you hate taking the most? Well, I took a top rope powerbomb through a table the other day, and while the table breaks your fall, as you know, I don't think I could ever do that without the table. It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> it was so, so scary. And if somebody, a wizard had appeared and said, Simon, do you want to get out of this? When I was on the top rope, I would have said, absolutely. Because I'm like 6'1". The dude doing to me for about 6'1", 6'2". Plus you're on the top rope. I was basically touching the ceiling. Absolutely nuts. My man, Alex McCarthy, he of TalkSport fame. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter as well. At, at AlexM underscore TalkSport. This is approximately how much love did you feel when we hugged on Monday? I bet it was a lot because I did see him at the WWE show. He's a good guy. So sending love back to him. And we'll do a couple more. Dylan says, I'm looking to train as a pro wrestler, but I'm 5'7". Any advice on how to be taken seriously? My friend, one, you could wear lifts, but also two, Chris Jericho, I think is 5'10". Daniel Bryan is 5'8". I think Adam Cole is 5'7". In the right company, with the right skills, with the right character and the right promos, you're going to be absolutely fine. You don't even have to worry about that anymore. You go and do you. You be the best five foot seven wrestler ever and good things will happen. Uh, Rapanchu says, not a wrestling related question. Since you're a Metallica fan, why don't you rank your favorite bass players between Cliff Burton, Jason Newstead and Robert Trujillo? Well, this is kind of biased as well. Jason will always be my favorite, but that was the Metallica that I grew up on again. And it was only when I got older that I learned about Cliff Burton. And I was like, wow, this guy's incredible. And then Rob would be in third place. But all three are absolutely tremendous. They are. They're incredible bassists. I watched Robert Tejo playing the bass the other day with his fingers at 50 or whatever the hell he is. And I was like, man, you're just, you're not of this world. You're absolutely nuts. Lon says, if you had a pay-per-view with WWE versus AEW, who would you have on the card? Well, everybody, of course. You'd have to have Cody, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, uh... I mean, it's too many to name. You don't need me to answer that. <laughs> All the big matches. I'm not going to come up with anything new. I'm nothing special. I'm a moron. Uh, Tim, who would you feel is the most underutilized, wasted talent of the past 10 years? Well, I would have said Miro, but now he's finally got his due, so thank goodness for that. Ricochet would be somebody I threw in there based on how long he's been in WWE. Oh, man, there'll be a few other ones, which is a massive shame. There'll be loads. There'll be loads. I think I'll go with Ricochet right now, though. Ricochet can do things that other people literally can't do. So not using him, it doesn't make any sense. And we finish with Dari, who says, who are the three main people you'd like to see Brian wrestle in AEW? Mine would be Malachi Black, Ray Phoenix, and CM Punk. I'm all right leaving CM Punk for now because I've seen it, but I absolutely want to get to it eventually. Ray Phoenix, huge tick. But I think the... I, I would go Ray Phoenix, Adam Cole and i would also i don't know i've seen i'll take it back because i've seen adam cole when they did that smackdown thing so ray phoenix is 100 percent a lock i think mjf i was gonna say jungle boy but i like mjf more because of the hill face dynamic and the third one would probably be i mean malachi black would be good but i'm not gonna go with it because i want to come up with somebody different who the hell could i pick that would be absolutely brilliant probably nick jackson because I think they would have such a good match. 
and it would blow your absolute brain. It's probably going to happen one day. Isn't wrestling fun? And on that note, we shall wrap up as always. Uh, please do subscribe if you haven't subscribed before and you've stumbled upon this. Please leave a five-star review because that will actually get iTunes liking me. It has a big problem with this podcast and I never know why. Also, please do come subscribe to me on YouTube. Search for Simon Miller. Also, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. If you do want to support the show, it's patreon.com forward slash Simon316. If you want to come say hello on Instagram and Twitter, it's Simon316. I've got merchandise, simon.bigcartel.com. I'm on Cameo. If you would like uh, some kind of birthday shout out, I also have a shorts channel as in YouTube shorts. Search for Simon Miller shorts and you'll find me there. I think that's probably everything. I usually forget something, but you know, that's my brain. I'm getting old. I'm stupid. I need to learn from Sting, really. He's 62 and still kicking ass. Otherwise, you take care and I'll talk to you again very soon. (laughs) 